My name is Jack Oatway. And I am Jay Oatway. And this is the first episode of a new podcast named Like Dragon, Like Sun. I'm the dragon. <laughs> I'm the sun. Here we're talking about everything D&D, uh, how you can fix your characters, make them more interesting both roleplay-wise and perhaps mechanics-wise, talking about fixing some spells, some classes, interjecting new ideas, and helping you play D&D the best way possible. Yeah, we bring two different generations of experience to Dungeons and Dragons. I started playing D and D back in the nineteen eighties, and I started playing a couple years ago. And sort of between the two of us, uh, we've sort of very sometimes very different, but often very similar uh, feelings and beliefs about how we should play D and D better. How we can play like first, let's say there's no wrong way to play D&D. Right. If you're listening to this right now and you're fortunate enough to be able to get a table full of people together and play D&D, you're doing it right. You're doing it right. That's right. Um, but if you've ever sat around that table and asked yourself, how could I be doing this better? Um, well, we've got some ideas. Uh, maybe you don't think our ideas are better. Um, it's okay. This is all just opinion. It's not fact. But we are uh, hopefully can bring some of our experience uh, and ideas uh, to your table and maybe inspire you. Um, we've got a couple of different ideas of what different segments of this type of show is going to be. Right. Um, one of them that I'm really looking forward to, uh, we're sort of calling it Steal This Character. I mean... Or something like that. Something like that. Uh, we're, we're still finding some names in this. Uh the idea is that we would be trying to show you how we build characters so that you kind of break down stereotypes and work against trope to create more fun, more interesting characters that don't look like every other paladin, every other warlock, every other mm. rogue that you've ever seen, but makes them really unique and special and super fun to play. In trying to embrace the weirdness or the flaw in a character can really bring out the sort of yeah, interesting side of definitely character. leaning into into your weirdness. Mm. I I think it's it's completely normal to embrace a, the weird side of characters, and I think it should be encouraged. Frankly, this is not just for players; it's for DMs alike who want tips as well. You know, going in, creating NPCs, all these ideas can be sort of taken and plugged in. This is just sort of to enhance a D and D experience. So where do you want to start? Uh, I thought I'd start us off with a segment uh, I'd like to call Steal This Character. Uh, taking some of our main D&D character ideas, sort of build ideas, uh, utilizing certain mechanics, classes, subverting them, and trying to make an interesting character out of this. You can steal any amount of this character that you want, put it in your own games, put it in your NPCs, put it in your characters, whatever you want. Uh, maybe a little bit of background on how we build characters, right? So mm -hmm. we uh, we use D and D Beyond. Um, we typically use the point buy system because mm -hmm. it keeps characters fair. Remember uh, to talk to your DM though. Many DMs are strict about using standard, standard array, and if you are going to use manual, many enforce uh, doing manual at the table. I would. 
I would. Um, I would as well. Because the, the problem with it rolling dice, as exciting as that is, um, anybody who knows, any the players that roll dice at home show up at the table with three 18s. Or two um, 20s. Or. The one thing about Point Buy is that it keeps characters a lot more real. Um, and why we use Point Buy over Standard Array is because we do talk about creating weird characters. Standard Array is great if you're using a race and a class that makes sense to go together. Um, but if you're trying to make a weird class with a weird race, you might need to be pushing a lot more points into a particular stat um, to sort of make up and compensate for it. Now, you will lose out. Uh, there will be maybe a couple of dump stats that are quite bad because of this um, in order to get a character that sort of works uh, mechanically. So, yeah. Is there one that you want to go through to start with on this? We've got a collection of interesting ones that we're calling the Fit Nuts. Sure. Um, talk about the Fit Nuts. They're a collection of these characters that are more based on the idea of bodybuilders and it's sometimes when you're creating characters it's important to think about a party how would your character fit in amongst other characters and often when i join a campaign uh, i like to think about how the character i make can help other characters or ties into their story Uh, and as, as a dm i employ a tactic which i like to call bonds which before the campaign starts i tell my players uh, to at least join in pairs or in groups to, uh, on how some of their characters already know each other so that getting into the game can be nice and smooth uh some of these characters obviously won't have that but there are many elements of these which are fun and this party in particular do have connections one of my favorite characters from this is uh vimak hightower katho olavi right so, or just hightower right so hightower was an idea that you sort of came to me one night and we sort of worked up together. It started by you saying, hey, I, I want to build a celestial war- warlock. And part of the reason behind that is that a lot of the warlocks we see our friends bringing to the table are always dark, broody things with some sort of, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Hexblade comes a lot to the table. Um, and again, we're not saying there's anything wrong with playing Hexblades. Nothing wrong In with it. In fact, it's probably one of the stronger warlocks you could play. But that's not always the most interesting one. Especially if you've seen two dozen Hexblades, then you're a bit like, okay, mm. you're just playing the same character I've watched everybody else play. And it becomes a stereotype. Um, so to break that a little bit is to think, okay, well, I'm not building a warlock. I'm building a guy who's essentially like... A CrossFit coach. Right. Super fitness junkie, crazy about working out, um, really motivational about pushing everybody around him to be, you know, super fit and sort of being the being like the fitness guru for the the, the party mm. um, and sort of role playing that sort of into it. So I'm not a warlock so much as I am this this fitness coach. Right. Considering profession and who your character is like as a living right yeah like they're not just an adventure and they can be an adventure but there's a a occupation almost that they are good at you know you can tie that into tool proficiencies but it's important to role play that aspect to give them more depth and i think especially with warlocks it's important to important to think about their patron right so when we then started thinking okay he's a fitness junkie who would his patron be right and you look through celestial beings and you came across 
The Empyrean. The Empyrean, who is all about physical perfection. Yeah. And uh, was sort of like, he's sort of like the angel version of like whoever would win like a bodybuilding championship right, sort right. of thing. Like he's um, sort of a not almost a god, but not quite a god, sort of a child of the god, which is many times what a patron for warlock can be sort of perfect in that idea right and then we uh then the next place we usually visit is pinterest Hmm. we start combing through images and pictures usually trying to look at trying to find a picture that might represent a race that would be good Hmm. to fit into this character idea and you came you found one that was uh it was sort of like a bit of a Maybe almost like a giant of some yeah, sort. Yeah, beefy Goliath. Right. But the image looked a bit giant but mm. it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it's about finding an image to give you sort of an idea. And he was very simple, right? Mm-hmm. He he didn't have crazy amounts of armor, didn't have a big sword. He was just carrying like a big like tree trunk type log on yep. his shoulder. And we were like, okay, this is it. This is how... He... Oh, and he had a pet dog, right? That's right. He had a pet dog. He's a small like like little pit bull type thing or where the bulldog or something like it that. was the bulldog yeah bulldog beside him. and uh and so we're like okay so that's that's what we want to try and build let's go mm-hmm. into into the app and start clicking on buttons to figure out how right the beautiful thing about dnd beyond is i love going level by level and examining everything that happens level by level um and a mistake i used to make when i started first making characters dnd beyond or just making characters in general is i would skip all the way to the level i was playing at my campaign and especially as a spellcaster miss all the important things to remember especially as a wizard it's very challenging to keep track of how many spells you know uh especially as a sort of a beginner um so yeah, we we typically don't play that many low level characters. Mm. Um, Not to say there's anything wrong with playing low level well, I mean, characters. I I currently have a I'm in one campaign where I'm playing a third level barbarian who started at first level. You know, we can right. work our way up and doing an old fashioned XP procession sort of vibe with that. So I'm, I'm I do play. Um, that level as well but i also dm games where i start players at level eight because i think it's a lot of fun being able to have characters that are sort of fleshed out especially when you have kind of interesting weird build ideas like the ones that we're going to be talking about um and so you know the stats show that most of the campaigns out there are running with you know level five characters or below Mm. Um, hey DMs, if you're listening, uh, consider starting a little bit above that. Uh, it's good for you too. There's a whole bunch of new monsters, monsters and things yep. that you can introduce to your game. There's a lot of things that players haven't seen. If players just keep playing, you know, first to fifth level characters, um, yeah, yeah. The you customization mean, and the idea to flesh out that character can get lost. Yeah, they all become, in some ways, a little bit more... Samey. Yeah, simple and samey. So by taking it up a little bit, level four, level six, level eight, mm-hmm. those are all good mm-hmm. starting places, um, especially if you've got experienced players. Exactly. And players who maybe, like yourself, are listening right now thinking I'd like to play a level 8 character I never get that far um, yeah talk to other players you know talk to your DM see if you can find somebody who'd be you know willing to do the same I bet there's a lot of interest 
right, right. out there to play uh, characters with a bit more. Uh, the, the nice thing about level eight, if by the time you get there, you've got two ASIs that you get to pick up. Well, if you're a fighter, you have three, you know? Yeah, exactly. And with that, allows you to bring in a lot of interesting yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Taking um, feats, sure. which, though an optional rule, is one of my favorite things well, to do to specify Picking up a character. couple extra points in abilities that you need to sort of make the character work. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we are sometimes doing some weird off um, ability buys that that's right uh, yeah. you know need a little extra help um, so back to this high tower build so the idea was uh, warlock celestial warlock celestial warlock but not packed of blade nope not packed of he had the little dog that's right the pack of the chain and and his fun ideas for that we'll get to a little bit mm. later but um so I guess the first thing you do when you when we dig into characters like that is so we pick the race. Uh, we said Goliath, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense. I mean, they're, they're I mean not the biggest subversion, but especially if you're going with something like a warlock, that's already a strange combo with the Goliath. Sure. So yeah, we talk a little bit like so most of the time if you're building a min max warlock, yep, you go half elf tiefling something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you, and you want charisma. Uh, yeah. You want probably dexterity. Constitution. Um, everybody's constitution, but, you know, the dexterity is going to help your armor class, probably. Constitution's good for hit and points. You don't have a great hit yeah. die. Um, so plus constitution's important with your warlocks, measly spell slots. Most warlocks will just dump stat yeah. strength. Mm-hmm. And and our idea was, nope, we're going to make a, a star lock. Strength Warlock. A Strength Warlock. A Straw Lock. I think Star Lock sounds better. It does. Plus, it's like Celestial, right? Yeah. And he's a Celestial. So, he's a Star Lock. So, Strength is his his main attribute. Um, and that's part of the reason we didn't go with Pact of the Blade, because that makes your melee weapons, or just any sort of your Pact weapons, your charisma. And he has actually quite a bad charisma for a yeah. Warlock. Um, and that's okay. That's what we're saying. That's like, okay. Leaning into weaknesses is a big part of uh, making unusual fun characters so we pushed uh in the point by system constitution uh well yeah constitution and strength were pushed up to 15 uh, which is the most you can go in the point by system uh but with along with racial bonuses alongside uh, some size later on that uh that was pretty good at boosting up his strength to what was his strength starting 17 on that mm-hmm. what's that miscellaneous bonus one there would have been from an ability down the line. Right, somewhere in there. So anyways, the strength starting strength probably would have been 17 on that. Uh, dexterity starts at 14, constitution. Oh, could have been a feat, probably. Could have been. Uh, his constitution, along with the racial bonus, was starting at 16. Uh, intelligence and wisdom at 8, and charisma sitting at 10. So yeah, a warlock with ten charisma. So that tells you right away that spellcasting is not going to be mm. a big deal. But if you think about you know the two slots that you get with warlock, are you really the range like are you the yeah. save uh, mm. DC sort of type caster? No, typically not. So I guess the other thing when we started thinking about spells at that point was okay, he's not going to be able to cast stuff that you know the save dc is gonna be so low that everything he casts on somebody it's gonna be terrible right so instead let's 
make sure he takes spells that buff mm-hmm. him. That's right. That are connected to physical fitness. That don't and, require attack rolls or saving sure. throws. And they can have some healing factor in there. Mm-hmm. They can do things. We start thinking, yeah, he's a bit like a Wolverine. He can sort of regenerate by using his healing. Um, we're Plus with the class that. abilities, that really sort of doubles down. And then coming back to the bulldog from level three, there's an Eldritch Invocation at second level. Well, technically, you have to be third level to get it. Called Gift of the Ever Living Ones, which allows you to treat all healing you receive as having its maximum value, while your familiar from Pact of the Chain is within within a hundred feet of you. Right. So, as long as his dog's around, you get max healing. An encouragement dog. Yeah. CPR dog. He's your he's your therapy dog. Uh, the nice thing about Find Familiar, especially at a higher level, um, is that he can cast touch spells. Right. You can cast touch spells through your familiar. And a touch spell that warlocks gain of celestial backing is revivify. Right. Yeah. So celestial warlocks can cast healing spells and revivify, which make them... We'll have to choose it, but yes. Yeah. But it basically gives them cleric-like powers at the table. <laughs> and again, this this is not your typical warlock. That you not your typical cleric either. Uh, nor your typical cleric. But in some ways, more clericy mm-hmm. than a lot of clerics. Yeah, are. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you've got, you have this big fitness guru, strength guy, who's also a healer, or at least through his dog who can run over to you. And so the idea was with Revivify, it requires a 300 GP diamond. So we'd right? have a little collar. So you give him a 300 GP diamond collar and so the dog can run over to your character that's just died lick your face and bring you boom, back to yeah bring you back to revivify. life and that's sort of the the beauty of D sometimes is that you can have such a fun idea that have come together just yeah. almost accidentally the dog, exploring the dog came together because of the picture because of the picture and the idea of them giving him the necklace and having this idea about dog you know you're, you're familiar mm-hmm running over and healing people is super fun. Super fun. Um, and, and you don't yeah. see that with cleric and things like that, which is super interesting yeah. thing to do with the warlock, yeah. you know? The cleric, cleric can't get that combination set. No, no. And, and in fact, the wizard can't either. Healing-wise, um, no, they can't. It's yeah. really hard. So um, so what we've managed to do here is a really cool little familiar caster build um, for healing, and, and that's super fun. I love that so much such a sort of a great character concept and syncs very well with the rest of the fit nuts as Um, well so just going through a few other things like proficiencies for it uh Mm. this also comes to background because many times if you're subverting trope the class proficiencies that your class will give you often won't align with what you're trying to build we wanted to build this big beefy athletic strongman in some ways and Warlock doesn't really give you the choice to take athletics as an, a proficiency, and sometimes the right background you want doesn't have that either. So always feel free to make a custom background and give it its explanation. But again, when you're doing something like this, talk to your DM about it. Yeah, so I'm, you know, all the DMs I play with are pretty cool with custom background ideas. Typically, with custom backgrounds, we're not custom everything, we're just using the custom background uh, button inside DD Beyond. And giving it a name, this one we call Bodybuilder. And we took the uh, two skills, one tool, one language option. And then the background feature was uh, Gladiator. 
because we sort of thought he'd be a bit like a bodybuilder. Like yeah, sort of like, like a... Like yeah. an Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. was in the day or, you know, like a famous CrossFitter might be today or right. something where, you know, they have fans. Maybe not the whole world knows them, but within their world, people are like, oh my God, you're so-and-so. It's, it's I, the high tower. It's the high tower. Can I get my autograph? You. And, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, sign my bicep. Uh, so through that, we he picked up... Uh, but acrobatics and survival. He gets athletics from his race. He gets athletics from his race. We give him the herbalism kicks. We thought it would kind of be fun if he was like supplements on into the side. Supplements. Yeah. yeah. Like he could just sort of be, uh, you know, out there, you know, getting the sort of vitamins and nutrients that he mm. needs to stay pumped up uh, and picked up the language of celestial, of course. Just because of his Empyrean yeah, sort of buddy. And the sense, idea of right? the Empyrean, like being his patron, is the ultimate bodybuilder and that sort of encourages him sort of like within his like own self it's just i was very proud of vimok and it's just such a weird warlock you know you wouldn't think of this and that's sort of the 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 whole point of steal this character segment um maybe another name against the trip whatever we sort of agree upon on the future it's about making a character that embraces flaw and goes against the usual idea of what you would play you know yeah uh there's plenty of sites out there that will tell you how to max out your warlock this is not a maxed out no warlock. absolutely not um you you won't be the guy dealing the most damage you won't at the table. yeah you're not the best healer frankly you're not the best at abilities but there's some cool healing things like there are he's got there healing are. light at first level he gains the ability to channel celestial energy to heal wounds mm-hmm. you have a pool of d6s it was your warlock that level, you yeah sp- yeah, that you spend fueling this healing. And the whole thing is that I think healing for himself is the main idea because he's not this sort of blessed healer, you know? You could describe it as whatever, his supplements or his resolve or whatever, right? But the fact that his pup near him incur- like gives him full regeneration is just sort of that thing that encourages him to use it on himself, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine him going over almost like a bit like a physiotherapist or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like giving some like okay stretch out like this right and uh here let me just like you know help you like pull on your arm a little bit well you know it's like twist back into that position there or, or yeah roll out on this roll it gives like a round mm-hmm. rock or something that you like roll against a tree to sort of like massage your muscle out or something and like <laughs> and you gain 1d6 you know hit points back you're like oh yeah i feel much better now that's great thanks um you know some stretching act- activities you could do or something like those are like, that's more fun in some ways than just, like, okay, poof, you get a D6 worth right. of, you know, to play up some In this, like, what, weird glowing healing. golden light? It's yeah. just this, Every this cool idea. Every player going to be laughing and having more fun getting into the idea that they're doing... Physiotherapy. Yeah, some sort of fitness physiotherapy thing to get these D6s back from, like, that he mm. can, this pool he has for him, um, which is a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. Uh, what's he got? So Invocation. For Eldritch Invocations, he had Fiendish Vigor. I mean, name-wise, the Invocations can suggest evil, but you yeah. don't have to play it that way. No, you don't. Fiendish Vigor is Vigor. Um, Just in, Celestial Vigor, whatever you want to call it. In this case, it's Celestial Vigor. Right, giving uh, himself temporary hit points. Armor of Shadows is to make up for the fact that he doesn't really have any armor as a bodybuilder. Right. And again, you'd, if you've got a Celestial Patron... Don't call it armor of shadows. Don't call it armor of shadows. Call it uh, glowing armor. armor Imperian of, armor. Whatever. Imperian right. armor. That's a great name. Uh, and don't describe it as like armor. You could just be like, oh, like yeah. sort of swole out a little bit. Mage armor, right? Essentially, yeah, you could just right. basically say like he casts it on himself, and his like <sighs> his like muscles and skin like look a yeah, little yeah. bit tougher than they did a minute ago. Then his bread and butter is gift of the ever living ones, where his little buddy 
when near him, the little pit bull, whatever he has, can max out his healing, which is works so well with the Celestial Warlock. Sure. And like with any healing ability, frankly. I mean, I'm not sure if it will work with Fiendish Vigor, but it's such a good combo, especially with like the abilities he gains from his subclass. It's just a brilliant, brilliant one. And and don't think he's not going to be able to keep up damage wise mm-hmm. um, as he hits higher levels. So we built him out at eighth level, but at seventh he picks up Sculptor Flash. Yeah. What we're again do with bit this. of a creepy name instead yeah. of like him going into ape form. Yeah. So we sort of thought, okay, like basically Sculptor Flash is cast Polymorph once uh, using a Warlock spell slot. Right, so you only got two of these. Um, well, you can only do it once per long rest. You can only do this once uh, per long rest. And we sort of thought, okay, he's not going to polymorph into just anything. And he's not going to polymorph someone else, you know? No. And I sort of think these are like, these aren't like rules as written that no. you can't do that. It's just a self-restriction. A lot of the time, yeah. A lot of the time I like to write like personal character rules. Mm-hmm. My character will and won't do these sorts of things. Just out of value. Maybe in a really extreme set of situa- circumstances or situation to get out of a really tricky bind maybe he goes some other direction with it. But almost always, we're talking like 95% of the time, it's he would polymorph into to an ape. A yeah. giant ape. Basically hulking out, right? Yeah. You're basically going into your incredible hulk mode and beast mode. And yeah, as as a giant ape, you got a whack load more hit points you can work on uh, you can tank out you can be in the front line bashing away on things uh, it's very much in fitting getting more hit points up especially yeah it's very much in fitting with this character it allows him to to sort of be you know big and beefy mm. um, there was a feat we took later on to actually help this called the Warcaster feat which is to uh, you can gain the main reason we got it is because you can gain advantage sure on morph is a concentration spell on concentration, right? Right. And to lose ape form would, I mean, concentration generally, you have to kind of watch out about it. And Warcaster is such a powerful feat. And typically with a build like this, you wouldn't think to go Warcaster. And it's not as thematic as everything else, but it really sort of just helps embolden that ape form, or especially as a warlock, because you don't have that many spell slots. When spell slots require concentration, it's good to keep your concentration up. Right. So the two things we did ASI-wise is at fourth level we would pick up athlete right which gives us the plus one to strength strength, which shakes it to 18 um and but it also gives you some other stuff that makes sense for this character right like if he's prone boom you know burpee and he's back on his feet Mm. uh because he's you know a fitness guy like that or you can do one of those maybe funky monk sort of things if he's on his back to like flip himself up onto his feet super fit that way climbing doesn't cost some extra movement and i know jumping isn't a big part of the game but in theory he only has to move five feet uh to make his jump just sort of the ultimate sort of body builder athlete kind of guy it's fun flavor you never know when that might come in and again it's one of those things that often if you have it as flavor and you can really think about okay i've got this like where can i buy this right right where can i use this a bit more you know Especially if you've taken a feat, make sure that you sort of think, where can I play this? Almost every character build that I've done that's weird, and people are like, oh, you'll never use that at the table. If I bring weird to the table and I start thinking about weird, how to use it all the time. So, you know, I have a DM that I play with who's like, wow, last game when I have this one character, she's a, a doctor, she's got medicine skills. She says, he said, the last party he took through there, number of medicine checks through the dungeon, zero. 
every night that I'm at the table, there's got to be three medicine checks right. uh, on various things. Cause I'm asking, I'm, I'm asking for opportunities to use it. And when I do, and she succeeds on it, we get clues, we get stuff. So bring weird, bring weird to the table. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the doctor in another podcast, but, um, but yeah, you embrace the weird, try to figure out ways to use jumping. Jumping doesn't get played much at the table, but I think a lot of that's just because, well, I think for it's written poorly. DMs, DMs and players don't get it. Mm. Um, they almost always say, okay, if you're going to jump across something, make a athletics check. Y- you have a standard jump distance uh, equal to feet, the number of feet that is your strength score. Um, so high towers jump distance is 18, 18 feet, feet right. uh, after taking a five foot run at things. So, you know, rounding, you have to sort of round that down. He can basically clear a 15 foot gap on the table by only moving, you know, five feet towards that gap and then across that. So I don't know, come up with ideas of how you might be able to use that at the, you know, if you've got a DM who likes putting battle maps down the table with neat things on it, I don't know, look for ways to jump. Mm. Yeah. Think about elevation, especially this is a tip for DMs. Mm. Elevation is kind of your friend. You can hide monsters in places above or below the players, and it really adds depth to a battlefield, which can be tricky if you're not using 3D maps, and I do not have 3D maps. But it's so much fun to add a layer of elevation, and it keeps the players interested in how they can move around the battle map and how a battle plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So, yes, we took Athlete for one of the ASIs. The other ASI, like you mentioned, we picked up Warcaster, which I understand uh, is the most common uh, feat in the game chosen on D&D Beyond, uh, according to their stats. And probably for good reason. It gives you an advantage on constitution saving throws to maintain concentration. concentration. You can uh, opportunity attack with spells. You yeah, can... it's super it's awesome. And I, we almost... I almost... But then again, this whole idea of working against trope, about breaking stereotypes, embracing your weird, um, and creating characters that people will want to steal, it's honestly, when I find out it's the most popular one, I always don't want to exactly, use it. Exactly, exactly. You always had to convince me a little bit, you know, this is, you know, again, not in a min-maxing sense, but in a sense that makes a lot of, like... Sense. Yeah, because he, he's the sort of guy that... A constitution save is not something he should fail. Right? Mm. Like that he can, maintaining ape form yeah. is important. So the yeah. ape form, and I don't even want. I I like to even think that it, his ape isn't even all. Not that even ape. ape just that him. It's, it's more, more like a really hulked out. out version of yeah. him that's got a maybe slight giant ape like vibe to it. Um, and that yeah, in that form, he's got really great concentration. He doesn't really have other concentration spells, does he? Mm. I'm not sure. We uh, sort of built him where he doesn't need to re- really rely on Let's have a little look at saves. the spell list. So spell list includes Booming Blade. Right. Uh, Good for attacks. Yeah, right. So he's got that club. That's all it was that we decided he was carry mm-hmm. around with him. He's a very simple sort of dude. He doesn't have a lot of fancy weapons. Uh, he looks... Like, if you were to sort of see him walk onto the battlefield, you'd think that somebody built a barbarian and the DM gave him a pet dog. Right, right. Uh, so he's got a big club. Uh, the big club's got booming blade. Done. Done. Boom. There's All your right. weapon. There's that's solid two d eight damage every round if you can pull it off. Sure. And and yeah, if things move afterwards, they get more damage, and that's all fun. Great. Uh, it's got kind of a a loudness about it, which is kind mm. of like makes me think of a yeah, famous yeah. coach as well. Um, 
we chose prestidigitation wise. Just keeping himself clean. Oh, right. It's a general sort of <laughs> just like the general like hygiene. Clean yourself up, making yourself shiny because he's a celestial Empyrean sort of guy, right? Yeah, so it's, right. it's all about it's gonna be looking good, looking you know? good at the beach. Uh, white or we called it white flame blade. Oh, right, right. So green flame blade. Yeah. So some of the, one of the things that we often do as well is rename we, spells. Yeah, and D and D Beyond's fun like that. But again, if you're renaming spells. Make sure you inform your DM so what will, they are, yeah, and maybe even no a session zero your fellow players uh, or along the way. Um, tell them that white flame blade. It's green flame blade with a different name. Yeah, no mechanics have changed. Everything else is exactly the same. Just that green doesn't seem to make sense for a celestial, but white does. So hey, let's do that. Yeah, uh, that's fun, and I think that's that's another big part of the characters we like to build is. That flavor comes from reskinning stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with mechanics. You don't have to always homebrew a whole new awesome race or class or subclass. Sometimes just change the name and the just color. reskin it. Yeah, it's all just aesthetic sometimes, right? Like right. it's fun. Uh, he's got cure wounds. Which Expe- he, yeah, which is crazy yeah. for a warlock, but awesome in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Expeditious retreat. But it doesn't have to be your treat. What did we change the name to in that one? <laughs> Expedition Advance. Yeah, I like that. Why Retreat was written with wizards in mind. Right, Obviously, right. They get away. back in the day of like, okay, wizards are really weak. Uh, at some point, they need to be able to get the hell out of there. When everybody else in the party's dead and you've mm-hmm. no one else to sort of tank for you, your last spell slot is to run. Yep. Uh, whereas this guy is not running away. Nope, Expeditious Advance. Advanced. It is concentration. This would help with the Warcaster. Sure. Uh, it's great to be able to run around the table with more movement, especially if you're up against somebody, a fast opponent, uh, and you've got very little in the way of range attacks. And he does have very little in the way. This is not a nope. dex fighter at all. He's, not a ranged... Uh, he does have an okay dex, but he doesn't mm. seem to carry much. Mostly for stuff. saving throws. <laughs> and armor class. Uh, Armor of Agathis, just a simple defense thing. Right. You know, no saves, no yeah, no, no worries about that. Yeah, we thought call that Goliath skin instead, yeah. right? They're already so, icy in manner. So calling it Goliath skin, and instead of it having to be this big icy frost armor, it instead is just, you know, his Goliath, you know, DNA, mountain background sort of thing that is really cold. Mm, yeah you know mountainous somebody touches his skin and they get frostbite from it right right yeah just sort of playing on the idea of both class and race and how that can tie into the flavoring can be like nice when you're building a character and again you can take as much of this as you want you don't have to follow our spells uh you can follow our spells you don't have to take the feats we took uh you don't even name wise keep it original try something new you can take any element of this and just discover that little subclass that you thought didn't work and try and make it work yeah. in a new way. Uh, we gave him flock of familiars, so we have a whole whole pack of little dogs. Mm-hmm. If you needed uh, to, yeah, and around which could be fun. Those are especially good when you're out of combat. When you're, you know, mm-hmm. say you're you've got a, I don't know, any sort of situation where you need to have little lookouts posted mm-hmm. all the way around your camp or in a city, tracking various people or, or scouting from above scouting. in some cases. Yeah, well, I'm not sure I'd ever change his familiar. No, 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 not necessarily. But first, that's just as a spell. Flock of familiars can do sure. that. Uh, and the word flock, obviously, in this case, could be pack of familiars, pack of pit bulls, um, or bulldogs, or whatever. Or bulldogs, uh, right? 
Lesser restoration. Just another good sort of maybe supplement or whatever you want. If you look through the spell list, if I was just to show the spell list to somebody, would they be like cleric? No, Uh, it's it's the recitation is weird. Cleric, but um, a lot of these things look more um, clericy than anything else. Yeah, give him counter spell. Counter spell is always a good one, especially if he's hit with something big. Right, and it could be again almost want to role play that one. Just like him striking, bouncing off his like awesome physique. Um, resuscitation training. That's for his dog. He gave his dog resuscitation training. What, revivify. That, yeah. That's revivify. Right. Okay. Um, and then we had fly. Yep. Fly. Just to like, you could almost imagine is like like him being spotted by the Imperian friend just to give me like a quick lift or something like that. Lift right. Him up, fly him around for a little bit. Wings of the angel. We called that. And that's kind of a fun just idea. A, yeah. Um, and. Yeah, the other idea for spotting is the, the spiritual... Uh, no, it's not spiritual guardian. It's guardian of faith, which yeah. is a higher level spell. Uh, and we sort of imagined it as his Imperium friend going like, oh, just one more rep, sort of like sort of spotting that idea, sure. right? It says a, a large spectral guardian appears and hovers for the duration in, in unoccupied space of your choice that you can see within range. And we sort of almost imagined him back to back with Hightower um, in a situation... Uh, and the, the guardian, you know, appears there with a gleaming sword and shield emblazoned with the, you know, Empyrean symbol. Right. And any creature hostile to you that moves to a space within 10 feet of the guardian for the first time on a turn must succeed a deck saving throw. Uh, the creature takes 20 damage on a failed save and half as much as a successful one. So it basically just becomes this... I mean, okay... The thing is, the problem with this is that your guardian spotter, while behind you and, you know, making attacks on... They only have to make a DC... A, a dex 11. DC 11 save. Right. So it's... This is, again, this is where the... Having the really crap charisma... You know, this spell isn't... Effectiveness is going to be pretty low. But the fact that it, it lasts, it's not concentration. It lasts eight hours. Sure. Anyone who comes close, it's just sort of like a spotting. You yeah. know, it's there. Exactly. Eventually someone will fail. Or, I mean, it could... You can even have it set up as a... Uh, as a lookout mm-hmm. when your party takes a sure. long rest. Um, it could be... Plus, even on a successful save, they still, still take damage, which is sort of the beauty of it, right? Is that even when they save, they take a solid chunk of damage, right? Yeah. They take 10 points, right? So 10 points of radiant damage no matter what. So take that, baddies. Um, just a quick sort of like spot, like... Yeah, exactly. you're, you're uh, they, they take watch every out. turn for yeah. eight hours. <laughs> Great. I mean, well, once it it has a damage limit and then shuts off, but it's a it's a solid fourth level. Well, the guardian vanishes once it's dealt a total of sixty damage. Well, still sixty points of damage. Take that, baddies. Boom. Um, so that's good. So that's his spells for our Starlock. Starlock uh, Vimak High Tower. His yes. Description. Equipment wise, I always like to go sort of lightweight. I yeah. don't like to have too much stuff. We gave him a couple magic items. Yeah, so often the DM's guide's got a, a nice little chunk in the back that I like to use for when my players are like, oh, do we start with magic items? Um, for something like this, we're building an eighth level character, I would say that they get one uncommon uh, magic item, uh, one common, and. 500 GP worth of equipment. Uh, also make the rule, though, that mm-hmm. that common magic items can be purchased for 100 GP each. So spend your money how you want to spend it. And uh, 
And I think we decided that that would Periaptive wound closure is what we wanted to go yeah. with. The, that's a, that's a, a really great wondrous, um, item. It's an uncommon, but basically means that if you go down in a fight, you automatically make your death saves, right? Right. Just a nice uncommon one. I mean, not all DMs will allow this, of course, or they might be more lenient or less lenient and sure. you don't have to follow this choice, but it is a choice that's nice to keep you alive, especially sure. in that rough scenario. Because things can happen. And the idea of like picking again, an uncommon magic item, the idea is to round up the character, right? Mm-hmm. The idea here that the, he's got this sort of innate healing ability, that this sort of thing is just more towards that, that, constitution that everlasting life that ability to sort of you know bounce back from injury um that resilience to to stuff the the wound closure is a really great one for bringing that that whole thing full circle um what else did we have what was this one here smelling salts oh that's basically we were yeah you buy healing potions right uh healing potions go for 50 gp each right but instead of calling them healing potions call them smelling salts yeah so the idea that they don't like the potions don't always have to be drunk right like you could imagine potions as bombs and salves and things as well or in this case yeah the we've seen um videos of weightlifters before they go to do a big (laughs) lift cracking the uh little tube of smelling salts salt. and there's something about that apparently which makes them like really clear-headed because yeah, yeah. it's a really stinky smell and you know allows them to push like really hard for the lift or whatever so the idea with this was he'd have something similar a uh, little vial that you know cracks open and inhales and regains the usual 2d4 plus two hit points just sort of a fun way of reflavoring things like equipment spells everything can be reflavored and reskinned to your character and you don't always have to follow what it says description wise when it comes to role play your character is your character and you can have liberty over how you describe things yeah mechanic wise things are built bounded accuracy is a thing and everything is built for a reason but there are some things that you can have fun with absolutely and i think as a player it's really important to respect that you don't start messing around with mechanics um your dm's job is to help tell the story Mm -hmm. and plan adventures with encounters that don't result in tpks but at the same time provide challenge yeah a real challenge um, that are part of the narrative, that are part of the fun of the gameplay. And, and in respect to your fellow characters, if you show up with somebody who's really broken and just, you know, mow through everybody at the table, the fun is gone. Mm. Um, where if, and this is also why being the guy at the table with the biggest sword who is mowing through everybody doesn't make you the, the best, the yeah. favorite player of everybody at the table. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love when my fellow players are doing some serious damage to baddies, but... It's, it's also great fun to have and to play. And I particularly, you know, in the last while that I've, I've been playing d and I've been doing a lot more in the way of support characters and loving that so much. Knowing that I'm not the guy at the table who can do the most right, damage. Right. I'm okay with that. I mean, trust me, I'm jealous some nights, really jealous. But also, uh, <laughs> you will be beloved when you're the one who's bringing people back from death's door. Um, mm, yeah. And you're the one that, you know, is, is cleverly using, you know, help features and using grappling and using 
you know, all of these, these unique mechanics that are often overlooked. Yeah, other mechanics that set other players up mm-hmm. so that they can do their really big, cool coup de grace at uh, the right moment and take down the baddie right. because you've given them advantage to do so. And even if you can't achieve that, being a, a role play heavy role player can often encourage other people. The the t- yeah, like it's not all about the table the role play. Right? Like it, the combat isn't. Is a small only part. one of the three big pillars of D anD D. Exactly. What do you think of the three pillars of D anD I think the three pillars are exploration. Okay. Role play. Yep. And combat. All right. Well, maybe those are the things we'll get into next episode or a future episode down the line. We're getting very close to the end, I think, of our time right. today. Um, well, that was first episode, Like Dragon, Like Sun. Like Dragon, Like Sun. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Uh, and wherever you're watching or listening to this, uh, hit a subscribe button. I don't know. That's what all the kids say today, right? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's so overdone nowadays. All right. Don't subscribe to us, but do tell your friends. Dislike. Do tell your friends. uh, Come back and check out our next episode. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.